What's up, my friends? Welcome to Good Human, a show on the Cheap Seats Network where we chat about wellness, lifestyle, navigating this crazy world, and just doing our best to be a good human. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy. Hello, my friends. Hi, how are you? Remember how I came back from my social media hiatus at the beginning of July? saying how reinvigorated I felt and how many ideas I had for this podcast and how I was going to post every week. Yeah, I remember that too. I don't know what came over me. Well, first of all, I was on vacation. I went to Florida like the last week in July and then I was in um, Hawaii like the first week of August. And I was thinking about pre-recording episodes and then I didn't. And then I just really got in my head about this podcast in general. Like, we are always so inundated with content now. And I'm going to be honest, I did just pause and Google what inundated means. And yeah, we are inundated with content. Like there's just constantly so much being thrown at us and just so much information. And I'm like, do I need to be contributing to that? Like, do I, what do I have to offer type vibes? Like, what do I have to say that other people aren't saying that is beneficial or valuable or entertaining or inspiring in any way, shape, or form, you know, self-doubt things. So that's where I've been. That's a little bit about me. That's my life. I hope you enjoyed it, because I know I did. But we're back with a new episode today, because I have this note in my phone where I've just been kind of like dumping random thoughts, and I think I have enough random thoughts to form an episode. Is it going to be an episode that makes sense or has a common theme? No. This episode is informally, maybe even formally, titled, Welcome to My Brain. Welcome to the inside of my head. Don't even worry about taking your shoes off. It is messy enough up here already. So just come on in. And with that, we have a sparkling water of the day. ASMR sparkling water. I guess it's more like ice ASMR. I got a diet lemonade from Chick-fil-A earlier and I will be reusing the same cup for the next two days. So I have poured my blood orange tangerine spindrift into my Chick-fil-A cup. So let's just jump on in together. Everybody hold hands, gather around, hold hands, let's jump in together. So like I mentioned, I just recently got back from Hawaii, which was like a work incentive trip for Matt's job which I was having some weird vibes about going to Hawaii because that's not a place that I would probably go on my own. I mean, of course, I've always wanted to go to Hawaii. Like, it looks beautiful, but just ethically and morally and just hearing things about the people that live there saying like, hey, don't come here, probably not a place that I would choose to go to on my own, but it was so freaking beautiful. The thing I just couldn't stop thinking about, which I'm sure people probably feel this way, living anywhere that's like close to nature but i just can't imagine how much happier people generally are that live in hawaii or live in a place where you can like wake up and just take a little dip in the ocean i had like a life crisis the one morning because that's what i did i like woke up the morning before we were flying back out and i was like let me take a quick little 20 minute dip in the ocean in the crystal clear absolutely stunning warm pacific ocean And as I'm floating in the beautiful salt water, I was like, what am I doing with my life? Like, where, who, what, when, where, why, and how do I live in a landlocked state where I, you know, wake up in the morning in a city that's 
literally one of the cloudiest cities in the entire country, like lowest sunny days in the entire country. And then what, like sometimes I'll get in my little car and drive to a, a plaza of cinder block buildings to get a Starbucks. Like, ugh, what am I doing? When I could be waking up and taking an ocean dip before I start my work day, I would be so much happier. And I know people that live in places like that still have problems and still have stress and you still have to work. But I just imagine that people would probably be generally more content living in a place that is so absolutely stunning. And the other realization that I had when I was in Hawaii is just I want to start saying yes to things more often. I mentioned this on my Instagram story when I got home. I don't want to like say yes to other people. Like if someone's like, come to dinner, I'm not going to start just saying yes to that because I am very particular on what I spend my time doing and what I expel my energy doing. I mean like saying yes to little things within myself. Give you an example. They had yoga the one morning at the resort we were staying at and I knew that they had it at like 7 a.m. and I was like, Ugh, I don't know if I should do it. Like it makes me nervous. I don't know anybody. Like, I'd be going alone. Like, I don't even know what to bring. I don't even really know where it is. So, I didn't go. And then the next morning, I was like, what the heck? Why didn't I go? I saw, I walked past them all doing their little shavasana. And I was like, it could be me. But for some reason, I told myself no. And it wasn't me. I wasn't doing downward dog in Hawaii like I should have been. So, little stuff like that. Like, oh, should I go to the cute little coffee shop and work? yeah, go, go do that. Like, just generally saying yes to more things like that. The other thing that I said yes to in Hawaii that I'm so glad that I did is we got to pick an activity that, like, the company organized. So, some people went snorkeling, some people did, like, an ATV ride. We did a waterfall hike, and I had no idea prior to this that it was going to involve, like, swimming in the natural pools and jumping off of said waterfalls. So we roll up. Firstly, we have just the absolute best tour guide. Like we lucked out. He has been doing these tours for like 25 years. He had so much knowledge of Hawaii and the culture and the land. I learned so much on the drive to and from this waterfall hike. He was so cool. He was probably in his like early 60s, just fully jumping off of these waterfalls. He was literally so cool. So we roll up to the first little pool. Like when I say pool, it's a pool of water beneath a waterfall, not like a chlorinated pool. Just to set the scene, everybody had the opportunity to get in. And then I see this man climbing up these rocks and I was like, what is he doing? And then he jumps off and then other people are going up there. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to do this. Like I have to do this because I know I will regret it if I don't. And the thing about me is that I I'm not afraid of heights. I never feel like I'm afraid of heights. I never feel scared when I'm up high. The fear only strikes when I am jumping off of something high up. Like if I'm just standing on like the seventh floor of a building looking over the balcony, I'm cool as a cucumber. But if someone's like, the only way to get down is jumping off, every limb on my body will start trembling. But we were hashtag saying yes to things in Hawaii. And so I climbed my little butt up to the top of these rocks and then I was like is there any way I can get down lower and Matt took a video of me and you just see me climbing lower and lower and lower until I was mm, maybe 10 feet probably less than that above the water and the video looks so lame but to me it felt like I was so high up and I did it I jumped off and I was so proud of myself 
the rest of the hike was amazing. There were tons of other pools that we got to swim in. Water was so warm. It was so beautiful. We got to the final jumping opportunity, the final pool where he was like, this is the last time you're going to be able to jump. This one, this one was, was the big, the big kahuna, okay? So again, I found a lower place to jump. I made friends with this other woman that was like in our tour guide group. We had a little bestie moment and we were like, all right, on the count of three, we'll jump together. And we did that and I got a cute video. Love it. And I was like, I have to jump off of the tall one. Like I have to do it. I will regret it if I don't when I get home. I think this one was about 20 feet. And unlike the first one, I probably could have like turned back around and climbed down. Not with this one. No, honey. You're at the top and the only way down is to jump. And the scariest part of it is just like standing there looking over the edge. Once you jump, like once you're in the air, I'm having a great time. But I would walk up to the edge and I would psych myself out standing there looking down at the bottom that my body physically was like not allowing me to jump. Like I turned back around. There was a video of me getting ready to jump and then I was like, mm, you know, actually I'm gonna head out. Long story short, I did finally jump off the big one and it was exhilarating and I was so proud of myself. I felt so alive and just so at peace on this little forest waterfall hike. It was truly like a spiritual experience for me. Just such an amazing day because I have recently been starting to eat meat again, which is so crazy. I have not eaten meat in over six years. So when I say meat, I just mean like land animals, I guess. I used to be fully vegan for a little while and then that was just like not working for me. So I started to eat seafood again sometimes and then I would eat eggs. For the last couple years, I was like fully eating seafood and eggs pretty regularly, but no chicken, no beef, no turkey, nothing like that. But I recently decided to start eating meat again, um, mainly for health reasons. And so far, so good. I've been having little bits here and there under my own kind of circumstances, but we went on this waterfall hike. Lunch was prepared for us and it was turkey sandwiches. This man literally hands out like Tupperware containers with turkey sandwiches in them. And I was like, oh my God, am I not going to be able to eat anything? And I was like, you know what? I'll wait and see how I feel. Like there's other stuff. There's like potato chips I could eat. Maybe I'll just pick on that. Like I'll see how I feel when lunch comes around. So we're doing our little waterfall jumps and it's time for lunch. We like set up on this little log and everybody gets out their Tupperware containers. I was like, I'm going to try to eat this sandwich right now. And this might sound so silly <laughs> for everyone else, but this was like a huge deal for me. I ate the whole sandwich. I ate that whole turkey sandwich and I felt so good. I get nervous with the meat introductions, primarily that it's going to hurt my stomach or make me feel sick. I felt so nourished and so happy and so alive. Just the combination of me having like my first full serving of meat in this Hawaiian forest after jumping off of waterfalls, like it was just so surreal and so magical for me. So anyways, that's my little debrief of my trip to Hawaii. It was absolutely stunning. Really good food. I got to try Dole Whip for the first time, which I've always wanted to try. It's like that pineapple soft serve type ice cream. It's, it's dairy free. I don't know what it is. It's just pineapple, but they only have it. I'm pretty sure they only have it in Hawaii and then in Disney. So I finally got to try Dole Whip and I would have filled my whole suitcase with it if that was possible. Through my travels, um, because obviously getting 
to Hawaii from Pennsylvania is not a short journey. I had a bunch of notes that I wrote about just like airport stuff and I came up with my top three airport pet peeves and I'm really interested to hear what your airport pet peeves are so I'm probably going to put a little thing up on my Instagram story what your top airport pet peeves are. Mine are probably pretty common. First of which, the classic, standing up on the plane the second it lands. Hey, Barbara, yeah, you're actually in row 52, so it's gonna be a minute. Why don't we just sit back down? Thank you so much. Next airport pet peeve is people standing approximately three centimeters away from the baggage claim carousel. What are you actually doing? If you stand that close to the carousel and you don't see your bag coming, you should be taken to a federal prison. Because guess what? Now I'm standing like 15 feet away from the carousel and I see my bag. My bag is coming around the mountain and I can't get it because you've barricaded the entire carousel when your bag hasn't even come down yet. And my last airport pet peeve is standing on that flat escalator thing. I don't know if there's a name for it, but just fully standing like not off to the side, just directly in the middle of the flat escalator Those aren't for standing. If they were made for standing, they would go way faster. They're made for walking so that you can walk faster. Don't you dare get on one of those and just stand there. Especially if there's people behind you walking. At the very least, maybe take a step or two over to the left. Those are my top three airport pet peeves. I think the common theme there is just people not being aware of their surroundings. But the other thing that has just truly gotten so deep under my skin throughout these travels that I am going to go on a rant on right now, listen, if you are sick, if you are sick and you are traveling, wear a mask on the plane. COVID or not, COVID or not, queen, nobody wants your germs. Nobody wants to get sick. And if I have to witness one more person coming on a plane and just coughing into their hands for the full duration of the flight, I'm going to lose my mind. Y'all are disgusting. Just absolutely feral. And I'm so sorry I'm going to get very passionate about this because it's not that hard to throw a mask on for your three-hour flight. Like, it's common courtesy to me. The absolute lack of care and respect for others that has been exposed over the last two and a half years is wild to me. I've traveled quite a bit this summer and I have been sick almost the entire summer because of it and I cannot fathom not caring if I get other people sick. Like, we all know how annoying it is to be sick. Why in the world would you make the conscious decision to be like, "Mm, yeah, you know what? I am just gonna hack my lungs up two inches away from strangers on this enclosed tube and I can't with the like, we never had this stuff before COVID. Yeah, it's called evolving as a society. Welcome. If we did everything the way it's quote-unquote always been done, we quite literally would not be here. And when it comes to the mask thing, Asian cultures have literally been doing that for forever. It's just common sense if you're sick. Like, ideally, if you're sick, stay home. But at the very least, just wear a mask when you're out and about. Because unfortunately, many people in this country, most people cannot afford to just stay home if they're sick. So maybe wear a mask if you have like bacterial laryngitis. Because truly the inability to think about others drives me nuts. Like I said, some people cannot afford to not go to work 
And then we have Susan, who doesn't care that she has COVID and just goes out, like, breathing on everyone. And then someone, say, gets severely ill from it because, hey, guess what? It can affect disabled people more and people just don't seem to care because they're able-bodied and will be fine. But anyways, now this person is severely ill, can't get out of bed because of how sick they are. You just cost them their income for a week, two weeks. Maybe they have kids that aren't going to get fed now because that person is sick and physically can't go to work. I just genuinely don't think people think about things that way and don't care, which is scary and concerning. And again, COVID aside, nobody wants to be sick in general, okay? And I'm really on my soapbox here now, but I just can't with the way that having like a kind heart and compassion for others is branded as this generation being too soft. Like whether it's about COVID or respecting people's gender identities or respecting someone's culture, like if caring about other people in that way is wrong, then I don't want to be right, as they say. Woo-wee, I just really needed to get that off my chest. Thank you so much for listening to that rant. Just some things in life that I just don't understand. I had some other things in this absolute chaos of a note that I left myself. Some more lighthearted things that I don't understand. First of which is why do we love pockets in dresses? Okay, I made a TikTok about this, so I have received some feedback. I have collected some data. I just don't know when we collectively decided that dresses having pockets is like the best thing since sliced bread because I don't use the pockets. You can't put anything heavier than like a nickel into those pockets. It weighs the whole dress down. So I don't understand, like, are they functional? Do you just like the way that they look? Because I would argue that they just add a lot of unnecessary fabric to the dress. Like, I just don't follow why we're so obsessed when dresses have pockets. And it's something that I needed to speak out on. So I did obtain some feedback through TikTok and the majority is just putting their hands in the pockets, I guess. That's what we like it for, just to have somewhere to put our hands, which I can understand. I do get that. However, for me personally, I am going to remain on team no pockets in my dresses, please. Other thing I don't understand, this might be so very niche, but large batch protein desserts, okay? I see these recipes on TikTok that are like protein muffins, and the recipe calls for a scoop of protein which is then divided into like 12 servings of the muffins. That is barely any protein. You might as well just not put it in there at all because it's a gross texture and it probably is going to make your dessert taste less good. So you're not even like reaping the benefits of the protein because you divided one scoop of protein, one serving of protein, into 12 servings of your dessert. And if you do use enough protein to actually have, like, a substantial serving size, it's probably going to taste horrible. So I just, I'm not, I'm not following the large batch protein desserts anymore. And I'm all for getting in more protein, like I truly am. Because you know what I thought was a scam was when you're, like, overeating at night. Like, you know those nights where you're very clearly just, like, eating, 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 not paying attention to, like, hunger cues or, like, can't get full, just snacking so much. They always say like, oh, if you eat enough protein during the day or just eat enough in general during the day, that won't happen, which sounds annoying, but I've come to realize recently that it's true. On the days that I am like 
or the nights where I'm eating like half a bag of chocolate chips on my couch because nothing is satisfying my sweet tooth, I always look back and I realized I have not eaten enough that day. So if you find yourself doing that like uncontrollable snacking in the evenings, rewind a little bit and be like, did I eat enough during the day? And I I guarantee it that you didn't, which this concept is something that I probably would have turned into like Instagram content a couple years ago and not anymore in the way that it's like a diet thing. It's not that I want to avoid overeating so I don't gain weight or like eat too much, which is what I probably would have like made content about. Now it's like I feel physically uncomfortable when I'm overly full and I don't want to feel that way and I want to make sure that I eat enough through the day so that my body is nourished. And that idea led into my next random stream of consciousness that I have in this note, which is why I don't post as much anymore on social media. If you've followed along for a while now, you've probably noticed that my content has really lessened in the last few years. I started my whole Instagram account all about health and fitness and wellness. If you want to hear more about that, you can listen to the episode where I talked about the MLM I was in because that's the entire reason why I started my Instagram account. But then all of that health and fitness and wellness stuff started to feel really unnatural for me. So I added in more about my life, but still lots of like motivational inspo. But that's lessened even more now because I realized that all the things I made content about were things that I was like really struggling with at that time. And they were huge focuses in my daily life. But since I've kind of moved past some of that stuff, like issues with my body and with food, it doesn't feel natural to talk about it anymore, which has left me with like no content. Like I could force myself to think about that stuff and put myself into that headspace for content every day, but it's not naturally something I think about anymore and self-improvement isn't my entire personality anymore, so it just doesn't come to mind day to day like it used to which is kind of my dilemma where I'm at because I do enjoy spreading a message and I am passionate about, you know, healing body image and living a happy and healthy life. But for me, my happy, healthy life is moving past the years and years and years that I spent thinking about my body and what I was eating and how productive I was being. And this is what I was trying to achieve. Like at this point now was always the goal, not having to think about it. But it's kind of cost me like my social media presence, quote unquote, which might sound so stupid to people that don't create content. But I do enjoy creating content. I love being creative and connecting with people online. And I do miss how active and creative I used to be, uh, specifically on Instagram. And I know it's relatable. Like when I do talk about body image and healing my relationship with food, I do get feedback that it is relatable and it is valuable and I know it would reach the right people, but it's something that I don't feel like I can naturally do anymore. It's kind of like the more I grow and heal, the less I feel called to talk about it. And I think a lot of my healing has kind of come from recording all of this in real time and connecting with others about it. If I were to go back and look at the very beginning of my Instagram till now, like you can clearly see the growth, not social media growth, like my personal growth. I've truly used the internet as a form of diary over the last five years. But again, like this is what I've always wanted. I've wanted to just live my life 
and not wake up thinking about food and the way that my body looks and the clothes that I'm wearing and how productive I'm going to be that day. And I'm at that place, which then leads me to not having a lot of content in that space. But I do miss it and I don't really know how to find that sweet spot by spreading a message and helping others without it being forced. And I haven't found an organic way to do that at the moment, which is where the inconsistency comes in with my posting. And I look at other content creators sometimes and I see them just kind of posting their life and not having like a theme or a niche. And it's just them, like people love them and listen to them and interact with them for who they are. And that's when I get in my head like, that couldn't possibly be me. Like, I can't just post my life and people will want to watch it. Like, who do I think I am? Hashtag imposter syndrome. Which is why I kind of always feel like I need to have some sort of message or purpose behind the things that I'm posting. And I do want to have, like, a purpose. Because, again, I'm so passionate about healing all of those areas that I mentioned. But sometimes I don't want to talk about it. Sometimes I'm just chilling. So again, I'm trying to find an organic way to be present online because again, I love it. I do really, really love it. It's such a fun creative outlet for me. But the things I want to talk about might change. It might be different. And you know what? That's okay. I'm letting myself know that that's okay. I'm truly just having like a therapy session right now out loud. You are listening to me in real time sorting my life out. But I think there are other things that I feel feel more called to talk about like current things that I'm going through with the same energy that I used to post things about like I used to be posting things all the time about fitness and my body and having a healthy relationship with exercise and food because that was the stuff that I was really struggling with and lately as I've talked about many times before I've been struggling with my hormones for a while now like over two years and I'm currently really trying to find the balance between hormone health and like doing things that I know are good for me in that sense but also just living my life from the things that I've been struggling with related to my hormones in the last couple years I've been really seeking out like a lot of information and following a lot of accounts on social media so I feel like I'm flooded with info on like how ingredients in our household items and foods are killing us slowly and how these gums and seed oils that are in like everything are inflammatory and they're endocrine endocrine disruptors and I feel like it's been too much for me lately and again I don't know if that's what anybody else's like social media looks like or if that's just what mine looks like because I have been actively seeking it out but because I have a history of disordered eating patterns previously being like afraid to eat things because I was gonna gain weight those are coming out again like I can feel those old habits and those old feelings creeping back in but now they're for health reasons like I am afraid to eat things again not for fear of gaining weight but for fear of messing up my hormones more and it's been really challenging for me mentally because I kind of thought I was free from that When I unpacked the fat phobia and I got over my fear of food causing weight gain and then it was like, well, actually everything you eat and use on a daily basis is disrupting your hormones, which led me into those same feelings of I can't have this food. The reason why just changed. But for me, like any type of restriction does not work. I'm personally just quite literally not mentally stable enough to absorb this information and be like, well, okay, I'll just never eat those foods again. 
Like, I'll just never have store-bought almond milk again, and I'll just make it at home. Because guess what? The shit at the store tastes better, all right? Like, my homemade almond milk tastes bad. The gums and the oils and the things that are supposedly disrupting all my hormones, that's what makes it taste good, okay? And I know it's probably harming me in some way, but sometimes I just want the good tasting option, and I can't restrict myself like I used to. Like, I can't fall into those old ways. I spent enough years eating the quote-unquote healthy alternative that tasted horrible compared to the real thing, and I just won't do that for the rest of my life. I'm not going to avoid certain foods, even if it's for health reasons, because mental health is still a part of my health, and there is such a fine line for me between being informed and being obsessed, and I think when it comes to ensuring my hormones are healthy and balancing some things that are going on inside of me, When it comes to food, I was teetering on the obsessed side. I don't think it really hit me until Matt went to the grocery store the other day. Usually I do grocery shopping. He came home with Planet Oat oat milk, which is like the super yummy delicious one filled with the gums and the oils. And previously I had switched over to Trader Joe's oat milk. It's not in the refrigerated section. The only ingredients are oats and water. And it's like the best tasting one I've ever had with few ingredients. But when Matt brought home the real, like the good stuff, the good oat milk, I was like, oh my gosh. I had like a panic. So I was like, I can't have this in the house. I'll drink it and it's bad for my hormones. And that's when it all like clicked. Like, girl, that's the way you used to feel because foods were going to make you fat. Like, whoa, pump the brakes. You're entering that same territory, again, just for a different reason. And this reason doesn't make it okay. Because I worked so hard for a really long time on being able to have those, like, off-limit foods in my house and not feel weird about it or not go overboard on them. Like, I was absolutely that girl that used to be like, oh, no, I can't, I just can't have Oreos or Doritos in the house because I'll eat them all in one sitting. That was, like, not the vibe for me. That made me realize that, like, okay, let's dig a little bit deeper. Why do you feel like you will eat all of them? Or why will you literally eat all of them? Like the unpacking that we did, like I went on a five-year vacation and came home and had to unpack all of it. Okay. So anyways, I feel like now I'm kind of in the place where I'm not ignoring it. Like I know that that oat milk is probably not the best thing for me. I'm working on being aware of it without letting it control my life. And something that I find interesting that I mentioned to my friends before, but I really think this generation's equivalent of the intense diet culture that was in like the 90s and the early 2000s, like the weight loss obsession, is going to be the obsession with clean things or like non-toxic things. The clean beauty, clean foods, clean household products, avoiding everything and anything because it disrupts your hormones or it does this or that. And I do appreciate some of these things because there are absolutely things that impact our health and making some switches in your life can benefit your health and your hormones and all these other metrics of health. But at the end of the day, it's A, not always true. Like everyone on the internet is somehow like a medical expert nowadays. And sometimes I even need to check myself on spreading information and believing everything that I see. But B, this is still a form of obsession similar to diet culture and I'm just very interested to see how that plays out in the coming decades because I truly believe that's this generation's like obsession like that's the wave that this generation is on how everybody was on diet culture back in the day 
at the end of the day, I'm gonna do stuff that's good for me the majority of the time. But I also need to experience my human existence that should be filled with pleasures and joy. And sometimes that's drinking the oat milk that is gonna spike my blood sugar. Sometimes I just want the Oatly and some Oreos and I can't obsess over what that's gonna do to me internally, how it will affect my hormones or spike my blood sugar or whatever. Because the thing I realized with this oat milk that Matt bought, not me having like an absolute midlife crisis right now over Matt bringing home a thing of oat milk, but half a cup of oat milk in my coffee isn't gonna kill me. A regular soda now and then isn't gonna kill me. A bag of chips that's filled with canola oil isn't gonna kill me. Like, making sure I never eat anything with seed oil in it or use a chemical-filled cleaning product or, like, a shitty quality shampoo, it just doesn't work for me. Because I literally feel like everything is bad for us in some way and I get not trusting what these big corporations are putting into our products, but I also need to allow myself to have some balance. And I saw this TikTok of this person describing themselves as a little bit crunchy Never have I related to something so much. Like, I'm never going to use hormonal birth control ever again, and I will not take antibiotics unless I absolutely have to, but I am fully vaccinated. But I also use, like, herbal medicines, and I will only buy organic pasture-raised eggs and grass-fed, grass-finished beef, but, like, I do dye my hair regularly, and I will not, under any circumstance, use a plastic Ziploc bag, but, like, I do put gel nail polish on my fingers and toes. Am I crazy? Maybe. I just, I do care about my health deeply, but I'm gonna pick and choose my battles and live in a way that makes sense for me. I cannot live my life constantly paranoid and concerned with what I'm putting on and in my body. I will make informed choices where I can while not letting it run my life. Which I think sometimes, many times, the answers we're looking for are found somewhere in the middle, not on either side of the extreme. And the internet and social media is so scary because we were never meant to know this much. Like, yes, information and education is power, but at the same time, like, psychologically, we were never meant to be hearing this many people's opinions, and it's just, like, way too much sometimes. Also, when it comes to products we use and buy, there is a whole other discussion on these corporations pumping out products using unethical practices and labor which is something else more people, I think, are becoming aware of and caring about, which, again, is amazing, but unfortunately has led to greenwashing and companies creating these, like, fake marketing campaigns to make you think products are clean or sustainable because that's capitalism, baby. I also feel like a lot of people in this, like, clean wave hear all of this information and feel a sort of awakening happening because that's what it feels like. Like the wool is being lifted from your eyes and you feel like you're seeing things through a new lens and it is empowering to take charge of your own health and your own body. But then these people that become really passionate about it and want to spread the word about how our daily products are hurting us, I see them sometimes getting like aggressive and hostile and angry when criticized or when others don't want to join in. Like, I discovered all this information about how things are way different than I thought they were and I care about it, so why don't you care about it? When it is such a privilege to worry about this stuff and switch your products out and buy certain food, like, we should ideally all care about our health, but everyone doesn't have the luxury of being able to make health-conscious food choices 
which happens for so many reasons that all ties back to the capitalist white supremacist bullshit in which we must live but it's like a similar vibe to when people are like why don't homeless people just get a job people don't live in the same circumstances and i think we don't realize sometimes what a privilege it is to be able to care about that stuff i feel like i've really gone on a tangent now but that's something that i'm also very clearly passionate about just the ability to see the world through a lens that isn't your own like realizing that people's worlds are drastically different than the one that you live in and like mm, practicing some empathy some compassion for others that's always cool and i just always feel like there's a disconnect within me because i am so vocal about this stuff in my real life but i get nervous to bring it up online I don't know, believing every human deserves respect and rights is like somehow a controversial opinion, but there's always somebody up in my DMs arguing with me whenever I speak up about this stuff, which makes me not want to, which yet again, like what a privilege it is to be able to not speak on this kind of stuff. Anyways, huge tangent. Welcome to 40 minutes of me rambling. It just, it feels good to be settling into a place of balance with my health and specifically with the things I'm eating, and trying to acknowledge the information that I gain while not letting it, like, ruin my life. Because, as I said, literally everything seems to be bad for us, and we already live in an end-stage capitalist hellscape, and I literally don't have the mental capacity to worry about this stuff day in and day out. Not this being one of my longest solo episodes, me just rambling through things that I put in my notes app, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know it is a little bit different than my usual episode, but thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being here. It truly means so much to me whenever you guys support this podcast and support me. So if you like this episode, if you like this show, go ahead and throw your girl a little rate and review on wherever you're listening to this podcast. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, a fantastic week ahead. And until next time, see ya.